Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast with Joel and Steve. Well, we all we all think that, Joel. We all think that I have a topic all the time. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know about that. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Trying to Be Better with Joel and Steve, <laughs> the podcast. The, the I was just sitting here. I'm sitting on my back porch. For those, I'm, I apologize for my distant neighbor's very loud dog. Um, pretend you're listening to a Pink Floyd album or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I, I had a moment of abject um, existential crisis as I was sitting here. Really? Yeah, a little bit. Like, what's the point, dude? Uh, that's so cr- okay. I'm so glad you said that because that's kind of my topic. Oh, yeah. For those of you just tuning in, which is all of you, uh, right before I hit record, Joel said, I actually have a topic. Let's do this. For so, those of you just tuning in, which is all of you, that's that's a philosophical statement. Sure. Well, I'm having an existential crisis too because I bought Crocs, the shoes, <laughs> and I'm just, I just, I, I, I hope this isn't your topic. I, uh, I don't care anymore. Oh, good. You're, you're, you're ego death. Yeah. It's dying. You're, you're, you're embracing the Crocs is what you're saying. Yeah. It's like, I wear, I've been wearing the Crocs two things and then putting on the appropriate footwear. Like, Oh, I wore these to the golf course to then put on my golf shoes. I wore these to wilderness park to put on my, you know, outdoor hiking shoes. Like I'm, these are, these are now becoming baseline, you know? I've, I've never, I, I don't currently own a pair of Crocs, but I have in the past, you know, on their first wave. Yeah. And, uh, and then all the, you know, anti-Croc sentiment. Yeah. There's no on it. Yeah. And I'm like, what's the, I mean, Crocs are great. I completely agree. These were a complete impulse buy while Uh I was sitting, waiting for a tech rehearsal to start. Uh Uh-huh. And I said, I want those. And Kirsten has always kind of like rolled her eyes at them, but I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? This is me now. This is who I am. I almost got like, and, 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 and Joel's sex life goes right out down the toilet. Pretty much. <laughs> I, but the Crocs stay on baby. That's what, whatever happens is whatever happens. I'm wearing these shoes. Yeah. Uh, I almost bought like the, the real tree camo hunting ones too. Oh, like just, just, I mean, you can. Just tell me you're wearing them ironically. I I think it started as an ironic joke within. <laughs> and and now you're sitting, now you're watching Duck Dynasty. And now I'm like, <laughs> well, no, the, the, I didn't get the real tree ones. I got gray. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, those are, yeah. Okay. I might get the gibbets you put in the holes of the toe. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I might be that guy. You're, you're going to get some croc flare, some flare for I your might crocs. flare out my crocs. Just put a steal your face on there. You're good to go. I wonder if there's a, yeah, I wonder if there's a, a some Grateful Dead, like. I guarantee you there's Grateful Dead croc flair. Dan- if you like, like Dancing Bears, you know. Well, get on Etsy. It, it exists, I'm sure. Oh, I can't wait. And, and if Star it doesn't, if it, oh my God. And if it doesn't, then, you know, what are you doing? Why aren't you making that right now? Well, yeah. Why am I doing this podcast for free with you? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well. <Hello. laughs> I, I'm interested to hear about your existential crisis and maybe it'll loop into the, um, I, I, cause I went, I recently went back to that original Google sheet 
that we made oh, about topics. Uh-huh. I, and I don't know that we ever really dove into this. And I was just going to straight up. Well, one of the things I was going to do is gonna, I was going to do the James Lipton inside the actor studio questions. And oh. one of them, one of them is, I think one of them is, what do you think happens when we die? I was just going to open up Pandora's box. I don't know, man. I, you know, I, I got like six hours of sleep last night. I don't uh, That's good. This is no, going to be good. Oh my God. Well, our friend, uh, Erica H who I haven't seen in quite a while actually, but, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> she looked at me one time. She's like, nothing happens. We turn into worm food. That's it. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I mean, I can, that certainly simplifies things. Yeah. Um, do I believe in, I don't know. Does my spirit live on forever? Do I reincarnate? How the fuck am I supposed to know any of that? Yeah. And I don't, and I've kind of stopped, like, I'm not, I'm not prepared for this, but I will say that, like, I don't, I don't, I don't particularly care. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not basing my day-to-day existence on the hope that, that I may get to spend eternity in the, in the good place. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, I I don't, I, who, I don't know, maybe that'd be nice. I suppose, you know, Mm -hmm. I saw an old joke. It's an old joke, but, um. I'm going to try my best to tell it. So a guy dies and, uh, you know, he goes to hell and, uh, he gets introduced to Satan. So he's like, Hey, welcome. And the guy's like, yeah, what's going on? So it's like, well, I'm going to walk you around, you know? Yeah. So they're walking around and the guy at Satan's like, you like cars? He's like, yeah, fuck. I love cars. He's like, here, it's yours. It's this fucking Ferrari, California, you know, like the yeah. first Bueller car, you know, and guys like, yeah, really? So he's like, yeah, fuck, take it. This is hell, you know? <laughs> and you know we can do whatever we want and yeah. uh so they're walking around saying saying like what where, like where would you like to live he's like i don't i, I like beaches saying like beautiful snaps his fingers whoop beach you know seagulls sunset palm trees you know cocktail with a little umbrella and in his hand guys like really that's like yeah that's yeah why not you know let's do this mm-hmm. and the next thing you know this beautiful woman comes walking up saying's like what do you think and he's like yeah she's great she's like hey Welcome to hell. Um, here's my number. Give me a call when you're done with the tour. <laughs> you guys are like, yeah, sweet. Slips it in his pocket, you know, and they're walking along. And then there's this like fence and they, he hears this, like this, like, like this horrible sound and this like wailing. And it's like, oh my God. And he kind of peeks over. He's like, and there's people in lava pits and they're getting skewered while they're in the lava pits. And guys like, oh my God, what is like, what's happening there? Satan's like, ah, it's the Christians. He's like, I don't understand it, but they like it that way. <laughs> they, they asked for all that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Satan's like, I don't know. And they just keep walking, you know? <laughs> and God, uh, that's, there's a lot of truth to that. Right. I just saw that like yesterday, the day before I'm like, that's amazing. That's really great. Like, I don't know. That's the way they seem to like it. Like, just keep walking. You know, everybody's into something. Right. And, uh, but I had like, was it, was it yesterday? What day is today? Sunday. I'm all off. It's been a, today's Sunday. Today's Sunday. Um, like yesterday morning I was, it, it's been, there's just been a lot going on all like good stuff, but like logistically complicated and long and it all involves, you know, kids and high school and events and things. And right. Um, just all over the place and, uh, which is all really good. And we might talk about that a little bit, but, um, uh, yesterday morning, I'm like, what? what am I, what am I, I went from, what am I doing this morning to what am I doing with my life? Yeah. Wow. And, and like in within a span of like 10 seconds and, and uh, 
<laughs> and, uh, you know, in the state of, you know, let's just go to, we could go down the list of the reasons to feel like maybe things aren't so great right now in the world. And, uh, and I literally, I followed, I followed the advice of this podcast of this podcast. Not ours. Not no, ours. No, 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 right? no. Actually, okay, like good. my, you know, like physician heal thyself as I stopped. Yeah. And, and I, and I did a 30 minute sit. Yeah. Wow. While also um, giving myself a face mask. So like a self-care, self-introspection, yeah. pausing. Yeah. All at the same time. It was amazing. In fact, I'll send you, I'll send you a picture. I took a picture. Yeah. Sent, it was yeah. I want to uh, know the sit too. Well, I, uh, it was Thich Nhat Hanh. The yeah, usual. It's yeah. my usual Thich Nhat Hanh calm, ease uh, meditation from the Plum Village app, which I highly recommend. It's great. It's free. There's so mm -hmm. many good talks. There's yep. so many good, a lot of different guided meditations. Oh, okay. I just sent you a picture. And for those of you listening, I realize you're not going to be able to see this, but it's a, uh, I entitled this. <laughs> I love the smell of Costco in the morning. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, Steve. smells like, smells like that is your, that is your Ernest Kurtz. <laughs> that's right. That's what I'm saying. That's oh. what I, I would, exactly. Yeah. 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 Colonel Kurtz. <laughs> the horror because that's what i like the horror i just <laughs> and you're the, the suburban blinds behind yeah, you exactly yeah the face mask on the horror the horror <laughs> exactly that's and then i pivoted and then i pivoted from that to i love the smell of i love the smell of costco in the morning <laughs> i uh i i don't know i i actually just looked up James Lipton's questions from inside the actor studio. This isn't even on there, but here we are. I, I think that there's something, I think there's something really uh, profound about the idea of, I don't fucking care what happens. I'm not, I'm not and, and that's not nihilistic. I think it's like, no. it doesn't matter. And I think right. that, I, and the reason that's a big deal to me is because I was raised in a, in a particular flavor of philosophy, I shall say that really cared right, 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 right yeah. They, yeah. they really cared uh -huh. about that story and honestly i was telling kirsten about this a while ago i think i can pinpoint one of my first <laughs> it was my first panic attack steve <laughs> i'll oh. never forget you never forget your first you know right. i think I think my first panic attack had a lot to do with the fact that I was, I was having an existential crisis as a 12, 13 year old convinced uh -huh. that I was going to the bad place Oh, uh -huh. because it was like, I couldn't make sense of all of the stories. So I was like, well, this uh, is obviously, yeah. I mean, it was like, Plus, you know, all... if you were that age, then you were probably engaging in certain activities. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Reading, Not the least of which reading Matthew what... and Mark, what oh. are you thinking? Steve? Uh, self-gratification oh yeah that <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like it, it yeah probably and it was also yeah it was like a you know an awakening you know mm -hmm, like your mm -hmm. your hormones turn everything on and you're like oh. oh they've i've been told for the last several years this is all bad it's all bad and so whatever i just came online and <laughs> and now uh, i'm going and now i'm having all these feelings that mean i'm going to hell yeah like this is bad and so anyway, my first, my first pain, I'm like, I can trace a lot of my, my anxiety back to that fear of the unknown. And you get to a point where it's like, where you let those stories go. And, uh, I don't, I mean, I just don't want to bag on a philosophy though. I mean, I think that, I think that I've kind of embraced the, 
the mystery and the wonder and the and also at the same time not not making it um grounds for how i behave except except i guess i do i don't know i'm i'm working this out as the coffee hits me <laughs> that i th- i do believe in this idea i mean i don't know if i believe i i think i've experienced a certain level of what one might consider to be karma right that that you i i do think that like there is something to um, rectifying errors as you live to try to have a better experience later. And I think that that's very true while living. And mm-hmm. so it could be true after death or in the next iteration of consciousness. Sure. I mean, I remember when I was first sobering up my, my dad's mom, who was, I don't know, 90 at the time ish, you know, she mm-hmm. was, she was really into like the whole reincarnation trip. Mm-hmm. And she looked at me and she was like, Steve, maybe all you have to do in this life is beat that alcohol. Yeah. And I'm like, and at the time that was really reassuring. I'm like, I can yeah. do that. I'm doing yeah. that. You know, like that's a big deal. And yeah, you know, I mean, obviously that's, that can't be the be all and the end all of existence. It's just not drinking, you know? Right. Um, right. And I'm fortunate that that, you know, I've moved beyond that. Um, but that at the time was really reassuring like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that, that actually is really helpful. It takes a lot of the pressure off because I felt like I had to like fix quote everything right now. Yeah. And like, that's well, not, you know, that's not possible a and B um, it just took some of the pressure off, I guess. I think that there's something pretty profound too about, I mean, yeah, I've thought that too, when it comes to like cyclical existence or what they talk about, Buddhists talk about samsara, that cycle of suffering. <clears throat> oh Yeah. You know, that that's well, hell, very... I've been through that five times this morning already. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like that alcoholism is, is a prime example of us signing up for the merry-go-round of suffering. Yeah. The, sa- the samsara merry-go-round. Yeah. So it's like, well, yeah, maybe letting go of that is an open door to freeing yourself from other cycles of suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But does the cycles of suffering exist beyond this physical body's time above ground? What do you mean? Well, I mean, does that exist through eternity, through our spirit? That's, that... Well, that's that's the big question, right? Like, that's, I think the big question. I think it is. I think right. I think, and that's that's the thing that I that, think that that Christians can get down with, and Buddhists can get down with, and even some atheists can get down with, even if it's even if it's like, yeah, lights out, worm worm food, like that's okay. Then your energy still continues, right? Your 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 physical body is made up of energetic experience and all of a sudden you were giving that energy to worms to birds to whatever see so i think douglas adams nailed that like the answer to the big question there is an answer to the big question and the answer is 42 (laughs) right meaning well the question the the then what what is the actual question yeah we know the answer it's 42 but what's the question you know yeah. of life yeah. the universe and everything like what what's the question you get 42 tries at consciousness yeah it's just it. like no the answer is 42 yeah i know and so it's like that's the i i think he, that the, the point is is that who like it might as well be 42 well well I, I, to to that thing i i watched this documentary yesterday called oh god something gratitude gr- gratitude revealed or revealing gratitude it's this documentary by the same guy who made the the fantastic fungi 
Um, oh yeah. It's fantastic. Uh-huh. Uh, Anyway, he's talking about just like all the iterations of gratitude and how important that is, blah, blah, blah. But there was there was this one person who was talking about <clears throat> that as as we get older, as we live, as we live, we start letting go of needing the answer. We start like embracing the question. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that, that that's kind of the Douglas Adams thing is like. Yeah, we know the answer. That's not interesting. The answer in it isn't interesting. The interesting thing is trying to trying to ask yourself the big questions and let and and being okay with pondering them without ever having them satisfied. I love it. Yeah, without ever having them satisfied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's you know uh, we both know and have met and known people in our lives where um, they had the answer. God damn it! Right. This right. is the answer. This, this is, is the, the answer. answer. And if you're not you know, really agreeing with that and subscribing to that particular belief that this is the answer. Well, then and it's like, yeah, you're wrong. right. <laughs> then you're wrong. If you, if you're not, if you're not doing how I do it, then you're wrong. You're wrong. Yeah. I, and, I just, yeah. I just really like, <clears throat> I like, I, I have, uh, I, I think it's been a, an indication of, um, I don't, not that I'm doing it right, but that I'm okay with doing it wrong. Maybe yeah. that I don't, I don't worry about the answer anymore. I'm okay with pondering that question. Whereas like I went a hard, you know, 180 from my upbringing philosophy to be kind of that. Well, it, you know, it's just like turning off a TV. No more consciousness is just when you're dead, you're dead. The TV's right. off. It's just a lifeless you know, vessel, mm-hmm. unless anything's coming in, no signals coming in, consciousness is not coming in. It doesn't exist. And I don't, I think it's, I think I've let myself get a little more like, in, you know, curious and like, I don't know, like, I mean, maybe, yeah. I mean, who the, knows? Right. That's what, that's what, like, I, like when I, you know, shuffle off this mortal coil or however you want to put it. Like I'm that's, frankly, hey, that's the second Shakespeare reference you've given Hamlet specifically you've given today. I just want to point that out. Well, that, that doesn't, that by no means means that I'm a Shakespeare studier person. What it means <laughs> is that my, fr- a, a, how incredibly pervasive Shakespeare continues yes. to be in the 21st century. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm sorry. I must correct myself. The first one was the Scottish play whatever dude i saw oedipus oedipus the king last night i really want to put a pin in that because okay. i i am mind blown that a high school oh, a catholic he, high yeah, school is uh-huh. doing oedipus rex yeah well there was some disclaimers <laughs> like, i would literally hope so yeah uh-huh. oh yeah it was and, and it was uh, hats off to the the, the pious players because really i mean it's a lot it's kind of wordy yeah <laughs> it's kind of wordy but the guy that played oedipus Slade, he was great. Literally, yeah. Did he gouge, gouge his eyes out? Did did that? They happen? did not. They, that hand was handled backstage. They were all wearing masks. Oh, and he but came the, out. But with, the story. I mean, they didn't take that I out mean, of the story. No, they did not. I mean, in the last twenty minutes of the play, he had blood coming down his mask. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was intense. Like they glossed over. They kind of moved. You know, there's been some killing, and you know, this, they they kind of glided over a couple of things while not avoiding them entirely because you have to for the plot know what i'm saying yeah uh-huh but i mean you knew i mean yeah i mean you it was clear what had happened that's i might i raised my coffee cup 
to the yeah. highest players for yeah, they, tackling Oedipus Rex. It was, uh, it was, I mean, it was very well done. I, you know, just because of the nature of things, like sometimes, like they had did the full, um, it's not Gregorian chant, but whatever the contemporary the, Greek. The choral, the, the choral yeah. recitation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so they did all that. And some of that was a little hard to understand just because, yep. you know, that's hard. That's dude. That is hard work yeah. that to get that rhythm down to mm-hmm. speak in unison. That is no joke. Right. And they, they did it very well. Um, nice. I blame, you know, my 50 year old rock and roll ears for a lot of that. Cause a lot of what I heard was tinnitus. <laughs> it's just a ringing it in all, my ears. It all blended into one high pitched noise. Yeah. It's pretty much, that's my existence. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, uh, and the the uh the guy that played Oedipus, he had blown his voice out um mm. like the first night, and so they had him miked. Good for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And nobody else was mic'd though. And as they were doing, I'm like, everybody else should be mic'd. This would be a lot oh. easier. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, because it was, I could make him out clearly, and everybody else was kind of you had to strain a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But whatever, they did they did great. And I don't well, we went from Shakespeare to Oedipus. That's yeah, I don't, yeah, I was like, I, I'm still pretty blown away that was it for a one act or was it just their fall play? Did they do the it whole was, thing? Or? Yeah, it was two and a half hours. Holy mackerel. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and Oedipus, his name is Titus. I can't remember his last name, but he was great. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, he spoke probably an hour and 15 minutes. I, total, I you know, I'm shooketh that. Uh, <laughs> That, well, uh, the the guy, the guy, the the director, and the put it on the you know fact. His name's uh, uh, he's a he's like a he's not a priest. He's like he's like a monk actually. Like he spent oh. some time as like a monk, and he looks mm-hmm. he's a big old friar tuck looking motherfucker. He's got the curly hair, and he's kind of you know got heavy set. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, he looks like friar tuck. Uh, nice. But he uh, Catalinich is his name. And um, last year, my daughter's, uh, who's her first year at Pius, it was her first year taking like a theology class. Mm-hmm. His theology class was her favorite class. Yeah. He's doing something right. Exactly. Yeah. He's a far out guy. And uh, and so anyway, he's the, like, this was kind of his idea to put this on. And far, I mean, I, I, yeah, that's like swinging for the fences. Like, yeah. hey, hey, kids in 2022, uh-huh. we're going to do a two and a half. I cut. I here's did a 2,500 year old before well, Jesus. I was, I mean, I love the, the Euripides, the Bacchae. And I just, you know, we did the Bacchae last year at Doan and I cut that motherfucker down. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not, I don't want to make anybody sit three hours for this. <laughs> so, right. I cut it down to a, to a sweet hour and a half, maybe like a rom-com. Yeah, get to the point. <laughs> there's a bunch of, you know, there's a weird female sex cult in the woods. And then, yeah, let's just get to the good stuff. Speaking of rom-coms, are you a Stranger Things person? Have you watched that? Are All of it, yes. Okay, so I'm kind of dipping in and out of it as my kids watch it. And mm-hmm. I didn't know that Paul Razor was in that. Razor. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, cause I was, I can't, I kind of wandered through the room. I'm like, you're like a child wandering into a conversation. <laughs> I wandered in. I'm like, that guy looks really familiar. So Francesca being a a, a millennial Gen Z gets on her phone and looks up who it is. She's like, oh, his name's Paul Reiser. I'm like, the mad about you guy? (laughs) There's a lot of 80s uh, superstars in that. I need okay. I I'm kind of like I, I with that show. I'm like, I like I know it's good, and I and I and I know I should probably watch it, but I really every, like every time I I kind of dip into it, it's during some incredibly like 
either sad or yeah. violent or, and I'm like, I just can't right now. I'm going to go, I'm going to go. I don't know. Yeah. I can't do that right now. And uh, because I've been watching Ukraine, Russia war coverage, and I just, I, there's yeah. enough. That I don't, I, I'm going to go watch a train video. I don't know. Like I just, yeah. But yeah, but I saw Paul and that just kind of like, Oh, I told yeah. Francesco, like, you don't understand. Like he was in this kind of, he played this kind of, uh, you know, a doofusy kind of guy mm-hmm. who was married, you know, way above his pay grade yeah. uh, in this yeah. sitcom thing, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and she's like, Oh, that doesn't mean anything to me. Okay. You know, but, <laughs> it, but that, that moment of familiarity, like, why do I know that guy? Yeah. Well, oh, like God. Paul Reiser's in that one on a writer. Yeah. Sean, yeah. Ast- Sean Aston does a Sean great Aston. Yeah. I went and saw, I heard him talk about mental health. You went to that. We're really, Paul and I are bummed. We missed that. You know, Sean, if you're listening, I love you. Your work in the Goonies is, you know, lodged forever in my heart, Sean, but his lived experience with his mother, Patty Duke as a bipolar um, advocate for mental health isn't, is, I mean, he qualifies to talk about that, but I, I almost got in line to meet him only to say, Hey, you should work this as a one person show. You should mm-hmm. really, you should really work that because there's a lot there, mm-hmm. but he kind of just, you know, colloquially talked about it and it just didn't seem cohesive. Oh, sure. I want to be like, Hey, here's my card. I'll direct you. You know, not, I don't right. want to be that guy, but I'm just right, like, Hey yeah. man, like you've got a lot there, but it wasn't, wasn't, I don't know if he was weirded out to be in a church or something. I don't know, but mm-hmm. it was just like, I, it wasn't, saw- we went know, it was saw, cool, but it was yeah. We saw it's been a few years ago, but we went and met and listened to Joe Panoliano. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm saying his name right, Joey Pants. Yeah, Joey and Pants. uh he did a great job. Yeah, like, he was funny, he had a point, he he had a show, it was a pattern, yeah. you know. Yeah. But it was good, it was really good. He was very effective and kind of nailed his point home, you know. Um I think that I think that well, he kind of Sean Aston kind of said it. He was like I've got some stories to tell about my mom, but I feel weird saying, I mean, we kind of said it like I, I'm in a church and I, I don't know what, I don't know what his history with the church is or whatever, but mm. it was just felt like, I, I don't know. It just didn't actually, I don't, I wanted more and I maybe mean, not. I didn't well, want him to like sell his mom out, but I wanted him to talk about his experience. He talked a few stories about it. Some harrowing stories about, you know, his mom, like, you know, she was so kind of manic at the time he was like putting together a model airplane. He walked, she walked in, she came home and he froze and she walked mm-hmm. into his room and everything was clean. He's like, why is it so perfect in here? And took his model airplane and broke it. Are you serious? Yeah. And then like the wow. next day he had like more toys at his doorstep, you know, wow. at his room. So like, she was, she was like that. Patty Duke was like that, but wow. I want, I was like, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I just wanted more of those stories anyway. Yeah, I don't know how we dirt, got off on man. This. Yeah, dish, 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 bish. Oh, speaking of, uh, this is total. Um, he said, dish, bish. Uh, you got, do you watch, uh, are you familiar with Eliza Schlesinger? The- no. Oh, she's great. She's for comedian. you to say. Exactly. Yeah. Eliza Schlesinger. Uh, she's a comedian. I've been aware of her for a few years and I saw her at the Rococo. I don't know. It's been a few years. She's great. And she has a new special on Netflix and everybody just needs to watch it. It's called hot forever, hot forever. Yeah. She's 39. She's great okay. though. She's, uh, I mean, she is a comedian for sure. And she's, she's wickedly smart and funny. Um, but also, uh, has, she doesn't exactly have an agenda, but she's, you know, um, 
she has some things. She has some opinions about the state of um, women's rights in our oh. country right now. Nice. Good for her. And men in out. general. Oh, it's so funny. I just watched it this morning. <clears throat> that was my spiritual exercise this morning is watching Eliza Schlesinger's new special on Netflix. Hot forever. Bit. Yeah. She's great. She's like, <clears throat> she's, she's one of my favorites. She's top five for sure. Okay. Um, yeah. And she talks about the whole, um, uh, one of the things she talks about is the, uh, oh God, the uh, tote bag feminism is what I'll call it. Where it's like, work bitch in that language oh. around like, would you want to be talked that way? Like at work mm. hmm. <laughs> and just the, the glitterization of, you know, uh, Rose all day and, um, mm. you know, twerk it while you work it. And that kind of language. She's like, yeah. I don't, that's I, what <laughs> it's great. I'll check it out. Yeah. It's yeah. Grab Kirsten. She'll love it. It's great. Dig it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. So you, you said, We've diverted a little bit. You yeah, said it's, there are no said, tangents. I know you said something as we as you told me to hit record because you had something that you you had a topic. Did we yeah. hit it? Did you did we did we cover it? I don't know. Well, I, I, what I asked you was what happened when we die. That was what I was. Oh, was that the topic? Oh, that was I what know. I was. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Well, what do you think? So I've gone I've gone all over the place. Like I was obviously raised in this how idea the, that how the fuck do you know what happens? I we don't. <laughs> that and that's that's kind of the beauty of it. But like. You know, I started to question the country club in the sky a few years ago. And, mm-hmm. and that was, that was really kind of an awakening for me because like I said, I is was it, is that, is that a whites only country club anyway? Uh, <laughs> maybe, I mean, that's somehow it's, that's how it's presented for right. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm not Mormon. That's what they believe. So seriously. I didn't they know believe that. that all the folks that are not white turn white when they get to the celestial <laughs> plane. Yes, it's fucked up. And any LDS people want to come on the podcast? Come Ooh. on, come on in. Water's, no, water's no warm. No, no anyway, so I, I I I let go of the um, let go of the uh, you know the country club in the sky and started really kind of rejecting all of it, saying yeah, like the TV gets turned off. But I think that. There's been some there's been some interesting discussions with Kirsten actually recently, and I it was um, you know what it was I kind of had a profound moment listening to that conversation between Duncan Trussell and the guy that helped develop the Google AI that oh, went uh, Wait Wayne Lemoyne. Yeah, I <clears throat> he was talking about consciousness. They both kind of went off on a tangent about consciousness and like consciousness being this thing where like we're all radios. And consciousness is just a frequency and our bodies are like radios that pick up on it. And Mm. we tune into different channels that, I mean, you're gonna have to listen to the conversation because I'm totally blowing it, but I had kind of a, a revelation. I'm like, you know, maybe really all, maybe, maybe we really are the universe experiencing itself fragmented Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in all of these bits of consciousness and the universe just wants to experience all the things. So when I see some, when I suffer, I'm realizing, oh, the universe, this is the universe experiencing suffering and I can move through it. Mm. And so then I started to think like, you know, this idea of enlightenment or being on some, the, the merry-go-round of suffering or samsara, whatever you want to call it. Cause I, you know, I read the Dharma, I read Buddhist texts. I'm not ashamed of it. And well, you should be, this is America. (laughs) God damn it. Well, <clears throat> you know, anyway, anyway, that's another, I'll, I'll, yeah, sure, I'm not sorry. ashamed of it. 
Yeah, good. Maybe I should be. Maybe there's some. No. Yeah, yeah, no. It's fine. Anyway, that there's this idea of like, I, I heard this also said like, that really, if, if you want to look at the Buddhist path in a certain way, it's like <clears throat> the path of extinction that we're all working towards enlightenment so that we never have to uh, take a human birth again so that we, you know, leave the cycle of suffering that is a human birth or birth at all. And, and that kind of tracks with like, you know, theoretical physicists and that the universe really is expanding and burning all of its energy towards nothingness towards, towards extinction. Sure. Anyway. So I don't know. I just know that I, I think, I think the idea that we are, you know, it's the eyes of the world We're, you know, you, one day you wake up and realize you're the eyes of the world, that you are the, the world, the universe experiencing itself and that everybody else you meet is the universe experiencing itself. I, that injects just a hair of compassion to mm-hmm. say that, that not personalizing everything. And that my job is to try to awaken to being kinder and just being more loving. And that if I tap into that, I'm, I'm giving the universe back. It's, it's inherent love and goodness. Not that it cares about anything. It's just, I think that that's the, that's the path towards it being able to finally rest. Whoa. You're you're talking about not karma, but (laughs) final peace on a universal level. Yeah. Mm. That, that really like, like everything is, for lack of a, everything is is um, at parity. Everything is still, and I can rest now. Yeah, yeah. That there, I'm not attached. I'm not grasping. Mm. That the universe isn't trying to violently make new things. That people aren't hurting one another. I'm not hurting myself. That really, the point is to let go of all that and finally let all that go and and give over to the mystery or beyond or whatever you know. The, the celestial realm. Sure. I get maybe the, maybe the Mormons are right. Maybe I do get my own planet, but I would like to, <clears throat> you know, I think that karmically speaking, you know, the, the point is to awaken to that. It's like, you know, if you, if you buy into that whole thing, it's like um, being given a human birth is really great because you have the opportunity to learn and grow. They, they call it here, the Dharma, if that's not your trip, like you got a human birth and you're, you have a consciousness so that you can actually change and grow and evolve and love and be kinder. So you can leave the world a little better. Um, that's a huge, that's a huge gift to have a human birth, to have that consciousness, to not just be thrown around by your instincts so that you can maybe just move this universal thing, just a tick towards love and peace. I'm gonna get mine. <laughs> I I knew you. I knew the uh, the Sweetums, uh, cynical Sweetums voice was coming out. <laughs> Fuck all that. <laughs> yeah, I'm here to get mine. Yeah, I did. I don't know. I don't know if that's. I mean, I think that that's that's the universe experiencing totalitarianism or the universe experiencing (laughs) you know what i mean yeah uh actually yeah because it's writ large all over the place yeah and you look keep clearing i'm gonna do a big throat clear okay everybody here we go i muted myself
Thank Sorry. You. I think that, uh, that gives me just a, just a sliver of light when I mm-hmm. see it that way. It's like yeah. when I see some, somebody, you know, when I, yeah, you see war on TV and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, not that I'm going to wash my hands of it and I don't have anything to do, but what can I do? I can also see it, see it for what it is. That is humanity as expressed by the universe experiencing greed, hatred, delusion. Yeah. And I, and I'm like, okay, well, that's the universe going through that. How have I gone through that? Oh, I see where I've gone through that. How can I change that when I see it in my, in my path, I can do that there and I can live differently there. And it's like, that's the, that's also the universe experiencing growth and change on a, on a, I think it contributes. I do too. And that's, you know, I, I keep landing back at that, like, cause I, I mean, I'm very guilty of hanging on to, um, like being kind of fixated on certain situations. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that that's not, it's, well, and Rob Bell, thank you, Rob Bell, uh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of snatched me out of that with his last couple of podcasts. Like, oh, right. That's not, it just doesn't, it's just not helpful. I mean, it's, be- there's a, there's a fine line of, be, you know, like I want to know, like I want to kind of keep tabs on those fuckers. Um, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But I can't get hung up in it. And that's a very tricky balance. Yeah. Um, it's so, it's so um, seductive. Well, yeah, because that, because that's, you know, it goes back to, uh, you know, it goes, it always goes back to star Wars. Yes. Cause the dark right. side, the dark side's easy. So easy. It's, it's all, so it's, easy. Well, the, and if you want to go into the philosophy of the force, like that's totally true to give it out. Oh, you just fucking, <laughs> it, it, we didn't even start on Zelda. I've been kind of going off a deep end oh, on Zelda, boy, but, okay. but every time somebody tries like a Sith Lord tries to change or, or somebody's warning a Padawan about the dark oh, side. Of the I don't force. know. I don't know what the fuck a Padawan is. People do. People get it, Steve. People. I'm out. people. <laughs> I'm people. I'm a human being. I'm a people. I, I think that anyway, when any, when any, when any time they bring up, the, the the dark side of the somebody out there gets call my okay. brothers listening he gets it okay they talk about him. how you just have to give in give in to your hate give in to yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and that that choosing the light is saying you have to look for and listen to the hum of the universe or whatever mm-hmm. and how everybody's connected the mm-hmm. sith says shut yourself off from that and give in to your feelings you know, give in to your hatred, your, your, your greed, your delusion. Mm-hmm. So it's, it is, it's a surrender to, you know, something that is, is easily seductive. I don't think that I don't, uh, that's where I deviate. I don't think that inherently we're bad. I just think that, you know, that what the force is saying is like, you feelings are very real for us. And the more we believe our feelings and hold on to them and keep them in motion, the more they're going to give us some semblance of you know, destructive power versus watching well, them move through us. Well, we're, we're seeing that that's pretty true. Yeah. Same as it ever was though. It's always been that yeah, way. Yeah. yeah true. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. So it, it just, if it's not from the, from the original three movies, I don't know. Oh, oh yeah. 
I don't know. Anything past that, I don't I don't I I stick to Yoda and Darth Vader and the Emperor. Okay. And we're good. But I would argue that if you did a little bit of a deep dive and you'd have to kind of watch the prequels, and I and I know that that's a hot topic for people, but you can more that's 20 years ago, dude. Oh, that's true. Yeah, get over it. That's that's now part of Star Wars. Like, but the Clone Wars animated series is fantastic. And if you can get through the first couple I of literally, seasons, I literally just don't have time for that. I know you don't. It's a lot of time. I, I totally I get it. That's I literally, I, I, I've been kind of, you know, show shopping Ooh. on whatever Netflix or so like, what do I, yeah, and I, I've, I have made, I've like, I just don't have time to get into another show right now. Oh yeah. Like that's real. I like I, something I need things that I can drop in and out of for like seven to 12 minutes. You need, to get on, you need to get on TikTok. Absolutely not. Hard stop. <laughs> nope. Refuse. I, uh, Kirsten, I, are you a Lord of the Rings Hobbit guy? No. I don't think I've ever asked you this. Not really. I've seen the movies. I read the okay. book way back in. I read the books way back in the day. You know. Yeah. The, the, there's a new series on um, Amazon Prime Video called The Rings of Power, which is like, like pre Lord of the Rings, pre Hobbit. It's su- it's super good, but I you know all all- my life consists of right now going to work, which is fine, yeah. and then driving my offspring around. That's that's my existence. So I watch TV like and on on like my phone, sitting in my car in a parking lot someplace. When does the oldest one get the license? In about seven months, four days, and twenty seven minutes. You are counting down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made that up, but yeah, it's like. Yeah, I can't wait. Don't get me wrong. Like, okay, so there was a cast party. You know how that goes, right? Oh, yeah, I do. And uh, it was a half hour away from my house. Um, there were two of them in a row, actually, uh, both of which were half hour. One of it uh, is at a, a, a mutual acquaintance of ours house who shall remain anonymous, uh, but because he may or may not want to be public, nice. public, public, whatever. Anyway, we both know the guy. And, uh, uh, but, but, but the point is, is that the first one, which was Friday night, nay, Saturday morning. And as you Ooh. well know, I turn into a pumpkin at 10 o'clock unless I'm playing the guitar, which yeah, I was going to say, unless pumpkin. you're unless you're playing Rolling Stones yeah, yeah. tunes. Yeah, yeah. But I uh, like the agreement was that we would pick her up at 12, at 12 o'clock, you know. Yeah, well, the, par- sat- the party's just getting started at 12 o'clock. Uh, yeah, but I sat in my car in a stranger's driveway 30 minutes from my house waiting for her to come out. <laughs> and I was fucking, I was pissed. I finally sent her a text message that said, here's the thing. She's like, I'll be out. And I'm like, no, I am very tired and I want to go to bed. I'm a half hour from home sitting in my, by myself in my car in a stranger's driveway. So dot, dot, dot. And she was out, you know, 90 seconds later. I'm going to um, come in there. With my shirt off. Kind of like this could get, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. And I'm going to uh, come in there. I'm going to turn all the lights on and I'm going to yeah. do a hand check and I'm going to say, right. I'm so and so's dad and I'm That's here right. to, yeah. you know, uh, talk to you all about your Lord or your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like we go to a Catholic high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> heard it, but I uh, heard it. That's but, why we're uh, here. But, so here's the point. Like I was not happy. I'm like, no, I was, no. I mean, I, I, I had spent that time a kind of needing to pee and b constructing a lecture on respecting people's time. And, you know, yeah. and then she came out and she was so happy. Oh, she had, had the best time. It was her first high school, you know, mm. 
and she was hanging with the big kids and they all thought she was cool and everybody had a blast and that, that all just went away. Wow. I'm like, Oh my God. Like, I mean, I was tired, but I was so happy that she got to have that experience. You know, you, you had the opportunity to, to stick to your guns and give the, yeah. The, I mean, you can still I, give that lesson maybe 48 hours later. Like, well, hey. yeah, we, you know, the, so I picked her up again last night and she, you know, she was out on time. Yeah. You know. Good job. Good job, dad. But I mean, I mean, just they're having, they're having multiple cast parties in high school now. Yeah. What the fuck? We had one and you had I to know. get all your weirdness in, in one party. Oh no, no, they got, they got multiple shots. When you get to college, the cast party never stops, but right in high school, I feel like, unless I was only invited to one, well, here's the, like the one that I, cause I went, cause I, like I said, I knew the guy. So I went in the house and I saw him through the window. I'm like, Oh, cool. I'm gonna go say hi. And that was nice. But uh, like the Titus, the guy that played Oedipus, he was playing the piano. You know, they were just hanging. It was just a, it was a theater kid party. Dude, those are the best parties. Well, that Gianna said that she's like, she's like, I think theater kids have the best parties. I'm like, they They, absolutely do. They, we absolutely do. Let the record stand. We have the best parties. We have the most fun. Uh We're we have the best jokes. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. We're we're having the, we're having the most, we're performing for each other. We're all high on our own talent when we get to the party and so we just have to keep performing for each other it's the best yeah and i think she's you know had that experience which is awesome nice yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i was very i was i think almost the word relief applies a little bit Mm. you know because like oh she's you know she's integrating with the other humans well yes yes and like she came out she was just beaming you know and you know that that's not always how that ends What's wrong, honey? Nothing. Yeah. You know, right. Yeah. For a million reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, that's, uh, it was a big, it was very, I'm that's just thrilled. Cool. I'm just thrilled for, her, you know, and yeah. I also can't wait for her to be able to drive herself to and from those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's cool. You got to be a part of that. Like you oh, got yeah. to witness that moment. Mm-hmm. Like that's rare. And yeah. that, and then she let you into that joy. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of kids, I don't know about y'all, but like a lot of kids, like I was kind of like, I would do that. But then there were times where I'm like, I felt I didn't, I didn't want to, sh- I didn't want my, I didn't want to sh- show my parents my experience of anything. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So it was well, just so that's like, just, that's because of the shame. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's from, that's from the early, uh, Christian trauma. <clears throat> Have we had the heroes conversation, the David Bowie heroes conversation? Have we talked about that? I, I mean, we've talked to, I feel like maybe that was a conversation you and I had on the phone. Maybe. Yeah. But then anyway, I, I listened to that song again recently and that, so you said shame, shame. And there's that line in that song where like the bombs are falling all around them. And, uh, and the shame was on the other side mm-hmm. and like, everything's just blowing up, but it doesn't matter. Cause the shame's over there. Yeah. And like, that makes me cry every time. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. Cause it's so, it's such a, I, I love that song because of the, the, um, the immediacy of it yeah. and the short, the foolish short sightedness of it, yeah. knowing that that's foolish and short sighted and it doesn't matter because we can be heroes today. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. I mean, it's a true feeling like he's writing about this, this, you just made your own glory out of nothing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And that's exact. That's like, that's like the, the, the innocence of 
youth and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i remember i remember being my freshman year of college uh being in a philosophy class and we were reading Plato's Republic and I thought I'd figured out the meaning of life. And I would just like get high with my friends and tell, I mean, it, I, when I think of heroes, I think of that moment where I was like, look mm. at this. I took notes in a class and <laughs> learned a thing, you know, <laughs> and I felt like I had, you know, it's nothing nobody else had discovered, but it's that, right. that innocence, that hubris. It's not, I don't even know if it's, it's not even misguided. It's just like, yeah, it's just, well, it appeals to glory. The, yeah. And, and it's momentary and it's fleeting and it's acknowledged that it's really not real. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. Right. Because if, if like in that moment, we can be heroes mm-hmm. and the, and but not to belabor the point, but the shame's on the other side. Yeah. And of whatever, you know, so and that, that is a big, that is a big David Bowie to your hooter. Hundred percent, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's a, like I never like I the last couple of years I've been actually consciously listening to, to David doing a deep dive on him instead of just the radio hits, you know. Mm-hmm. And God, what a like I understand now why people really really like his work mm-hmm. because he really was speaking for the freaks for one thing. Yeah, like on a very real and beautiful level, you know, yeah. for every snaggle toothed weirdo kid out there. There was mm-hmm. David Bowie saying, you're beautiful, man. Mm. Let's go be kooks together. Oh, yeah, by man. the way, if you actually consciously decide, yeah, I'm going to go be weird and I'm going to go be myself. People are going to hate you. Yeah. People are going to hate you for being beautifully weird. And you just need to like, but, but it's okay. Cause we have each other. And oh. like what an incredibly powerful message that was for a long time, you know? He was doing that right up until the end, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That black. Have you listened to any of that? Black Star? Black Star. Oh, yeah. It's intense. Holy fucking shit. He wrote his own Requiem. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Knowing full well he was going to die. Oh, he's dying. Yeah. He's uh-huh. actively dying. And it's uh-huh. like. It's amazing. Oh. Uh-huh. Whew. There's a couple records or albums that I like. I'm, I'm glad that I listened to them, but I'm probably not going to listen to them again. And that's one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. It's amazing. It's really dark, though. Mm-hmm. It's tapping into that that fear, that anxiety. You, mm-hmm. He's letting himself deal with that, mm-hmm. you know, through his music. Which he's, it's like, oh, you've always done that. <laughs> oh, you've right. always been doing this, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely do. There's, I, I would love for you to to send me some stuff that I'd probably never heard Bowie wise. I don't. I, I mean, I, I'm. I'll fully admit it's mostly the hits. One of my favorite kind of deep cuts is a song kooks from the album hunky dory from 1971 Mm -hmm. it's literally like high school kids running off to go skip class to go run downtown and just mess around and make Mm -hmm. out and you know he's like Mm -hmm. you can we'd love to have you come with us Mm -hmm. we can be kooks together Mm -hmm. uh just know that nothing comes for free yeah right Mm -hmm. like you will pay on a lot of levels for that level of freedom it's when great. did he, I mean, that's a, I, that, that's something I'm curious about. When did he shift into the weirdness? Because I think we well, were listening was, to it. I mean, he, yeah. but it, like his early stuff is really like folky. I he, went to the store. And yeah. And I, I don't know the answer to that question. I haven't I gone that go. far back. Maybe. Right. Like I started like in well space oddities oddity. And then started moving forward. Young Americans from the seventies. Yeah. That record's unbelievable. It's I so just think great. Of that song. Yeah, yeah, but there's a lot on that record. It's great. 
Is that anyway, all the young dudes on it? Or am I thinking of it? I can't remember. That's like one of my favorite Bowie songs. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't remember. Anyway, it's, you know, it's, it's cocaine slick production. You know, mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it's great. Anyway, that was a. I'm down to 18%, Joel. Today's uh, episode is brought to you by Lenovo, makers of fine laptop computing products. And also by the fact that I left my charger for my laptop uh, at my office. So we uh, we did it. I think we did it. I, th- I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next week's episode. No, I'm not even going to say it. What are we going to say? say I was it. just going to. I'm like, I really want to talk about Zelda. But Oh, okay. Yeah. Have you played the thing Link's Awakening? So I am, I've pretty much finished Breath of the Wild and I realize I really, I've, I've allowed myself to like toot my hooter when it comes to Zelda. Cause uh-huh. I like, it was a game I never really understood. And now I'm playing like the old super Nintendo version and Link's oh, Awakening, and I'm uh-huh. looking at getting, I want to play them all now. Uh-huh. I'm literally listening to a nerdy ass Zelda podcast. It's so great. I'm just letting my, I'm just tooting my own hooter, man. Do it. I yeah. love it. Wave yeah. that flag. Wave the Zelda flag. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, happy birthday to Bob Weir and John Mayer. I think it was cool that John oh, really? Mayer, yeah, John Mayer had a birthday, and then Bob Weir just like was born on the same day. You know, I had I mean? no idea. Yeah, huh. they have the same birthday. Oh, that's cool. Far out. <laughs> have you watched any of the Bob Weir at the Kennedy Center? No, I'm on fall break though. Maybe that's my no. late night treat. It's weird. But it's very, he spends a lot of time just kind of standing there while the orchestra does his thing. But it works out. It's pretty good, actually, because mm-hmm. like there are times when he just doesn't need to play and let the orchestra. So there's like orchestral arrangements. Somebody arranged out like China Cat Sunflower. Yeah. For the yeah. for an orchestra. That's and amazing. obviously there's not a lot of improvisation, but it's great. And the conductor's totally into it. Nice. Yeah. 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 And it's I mean. Just the fact that Bobby Ace Weir standing in front of the fucking national symphony orchestra at the fucking kennedy center at age yeah. what is it, 75 is that how old he turns today yeah yeah um <laughs> i just like in a tux in a tux the lot the, the, that was only the first night the other nights they've been, all been in casual clothes which is kind of cool oh he put the birkenstocks back on good for yeah, yeah. Good um for but yeah it's uh i mean what a coup yeah it's awesome <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> What's your favorite? What's your favorite Bobby? Do you have a favorite Bobby moment? Oh, <laughs> I just, I just, the, what I will, here's what I say about Bob Weir. Yeah. He is probably, I can't say definitively, but he's up there. The most underrated American musicians. Yeah. And why, why is that? Because he doesn't give a fuck. And yeah. if you look, if you, it's real easy to kind of, to like listen to an interview with him where he kind of, you know, talks and then. So, you know, like, <laughs> you're like, man, are you, what's wrong? Are you okay? But he, and he, even one of the guys on the good old grateful dead podcast said, now Bobby's going to tell this story. So it's not going to be super linear. <laughs> right. So buckle it, up. Yeah. Right. But it's like, it's, it's kind of easy to, it would be easy to just dismiss him as a burned out old hippie. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you look at a, how he's maintaining himself at age 75 or whatever, um, he looks amazing. Mm -hmm. And also then you go back and you look at all start in 1966 and go through his career and everything that that man has done. 
both in terms of com- composing music, composing songs, technolo- technology, the places he's played, the number mm-hmm. of people he's played to uh, is nobody, nobody, nobody can top him. I think and then about- also, also all a substantial number of the Grateful Dead's quote hits were written by him. Yeah. Also, all most of their most challenging material is written by him. Mm. Most of the the most challenging, uh, both conceptually and like lyrically and spiritually, like Bobby shoots straight for the heart and mm-hmm. the head and the mm-hmm. i mean when you have a song called you know with the refrain am i the victim or the crime crime yeah you yeah. know it's like yeah. all of all of the really heavy shit comes from bobby yeah he's dealing with it yeah and, and i just like, think i just think about how he got him he you know he had i mean i when i was coming up when i was listening to good rock and roll in the 90s it was like I, all i wanted Pearl Jam to do was show up to my house on the bus uh, with a tour. I literally yeah. had a dream about that. Like yeah. he just came to my house and said, "Hey, let's go. You're coming right. with us. Get in the bus, loser." And that's exactly what Bobby did. He was like yeah. 16. He's yeah, like, yeah. "Let's. We're gonna go do yeah. weird shit." Yeah. yeah. And, and Bob's like, "Okay. Well, I'm not gonna. Hey, parents, I love you, but I'm not gonna. Do I'm that. just gonna go do this now." And he's right. had that life the whole fucking time. Yeah, literally since he was like 16. <laughs> I, it, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> well, and that's the that's the other thing is that like, I would say most of the members of the Grateful Dead did not like being like famous yeah. or having the stadium rock tours and all that. Like that was kind of a that was a, a, a like that wasn't their favorite part of the job. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. That was Bobby's favorite part of the job. <laughs> <laughs> Give me too much Gimme. of everything is just enough. Yeah. <laughs> I love his, I love him talking about playing at the pyramids. He's like, there were so many mosquitoes and bugs. And then the bats came out and the bats were flying around and I'm sure the LSD was kicking in. And and he's like, Lord, take me now. This is the best it could ever be. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like, yeah. I'm just being, you know, we're playing at the, at the feet of the pyramids with the bat swirling around. That's yeah, yeah. the pinnacle. That's it. That's it. We can be done now. Yeah. We can be done now. Yeah. But then if you go and think of all the things that they've done after that, dude, it's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyway, happy birthday to Bobby and, uh, you know, Johnny checkers, <laughs> Johnny salami. Johnny yeah. Salami. Happy birthday, Bob. Yeah. Thanks for all the, thanks for all the good times. Thanks for all the weirdness. Hmm. Yeah. All, right. all right. Well, I'm going to the, uh, I'm going to the wilderness park, uh, board meeting today this afternoon oh, i'm gonna out. try to rustle up a guest or two i think that that'd be good oh we could do to... something useful <laughs> yeah i thought maybe we could try you know one or two things that benefit our community every once in a while i think that's a good idea okay hey we're coming up on our 100th episode holy shit yeah this is 92 so we need to start thinking about that too we should do something special a lot. Yeah. Maybe we can okay. go get some pizza or something. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Go back down to Minsky's. Yeah. From Minsky's. From a live, a live remote. From or Min- maybe, you know what? We, we could always ask the mayor. Oh, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen, but not with that no. attitude. That's what I do. Not with, not with that attitude, Steve. Right. It's not. Right. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll let's, see if we can mul- get a 
let's mull that over. Uh, yeah, we should. I was going to say, I think. Have- I think our hundredth episode should just be us celebrating ourselves, but I'm like, that's been every, every episode without a guest. We're very good when there's a guest in the room, but when it's just you and I, it's just, it's just, you know, ego stroking. Sure. Well, we're trying to be better. We're trying. All right. Well, clean your karma, everybody. (laughs) Clean your karma. To your hooter. All right. Love you. We don't need no education. And we don't need no thought control. No dark sarcasm in the classroom. Well, teachers. Leave them kids alone. Teachers, leave them kids alone. Well, all in all, it was all just bricks in the wall.
how can you handle it? Don't forget, toot your hooter.